Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is located in Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement, blessing, and an inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us, or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. Praise the Lord, church. Amen. So Genesis chapter 1. We are in the second week of our sermon series, Who Am I? Genesis chapter 1 is very easy to find. Okay. Genesis chapter 1. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 1 today, and we're going to go through the whole Bible today. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm seeing if you're awake. I'm seeing if you're awake, all right? Genesis chapter 1. We're going to read in verse 26. If you didn't bring your Bible... Um, We'll have it up on the screen here. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Amen. Do you have it? Amen. The word of God says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Let's read verse 27 one more time. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Let's pray. Father, we come before your presence. We thank you, Lord, once again because you're so good. Because you never leave us. You're good to us. You're always um, present at our side. Whether we're going through good times or difficult times, Lord, we know, God, that you're on our side. And today we just ask you, God, that you would speak into our hearts, into our lives. That you, Lord Jesus, would reveal reveal to us who you are. And who we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Can someone say amen? Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. We're very glad um, today. I'm so happy to see. I call him my cousin Esau and his family. Amen. Can we give them a big round of applause? Amen. Because they're here. And we're just excited to see them. Hallelujah. Who am I? That's the question we've been um, asking the past week and today we continue in that who am I it's such a simple but yet so profound question that we can ask ourselves one might even say that the answer to that is not that big a deal I mean I know my name I know uh, um, I know my family I know who my parents are I know uh, most of my family tree I, I have an idea I know who am I who I am But the reality is that we can't just brush it off 
as something that's seemingly insignificant because the reality is that everything that happens in this world, listen church, everything that happens in this world, everything that may happen in our nation, everything that happens, we're going to break it down to the states, everything that happens in our city, everything that happens in our communities, even everything that happens into our homeowners associations, uh, it all happens because there is an identity that someone or some organization is trying to uphold or to maintain in their lives. You find people that are joyful. You find people that are grateful, but yet you find people that are depressed or you find people that are bitter. You, you find people that help others, but yet at the same time you find others that, that hurt others. You, 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 you find people from all walks of life and they all have different actions, all have different beliefs and ultimately everything we do and everything we think about ourselves or feel about ourselves comes down to the answer of this question, who am I? Every decision that you and I make, whether it's good or whether it's a bad decision is informed by the perception that you and I have regarding our identity. And we just read in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and verse 27 that God said as he was creating the, the, the creation, he created the world, he created the heavens, he created the stars, he created the earth and he created the animals, the creatures in the sky, the creatures in the, in the sea. He created the things that were on the ground and he created all this and on the sixth day he decides to create mankind. And he creates mankind, the Bible says, in his image. That out of all the creation on earth, that of everything he created, that there is one thing that makes you and I different from the trees. There's one thing that makes you and I different from the lions. There's something that makes you and I different from, from the, sea, the sea animals. There's something that you and I have that all of the creation doesn't have. And that is that we carry the image of God in our lives. He created mankind. God created mankind after in his own image. In the image of God he created them. That's crazy to think, right? That when you look at your neighbor, you're looking at someone that is in, made in the image of God. Come on, look at your neighbor. And you're, all you're looking at are defects. How they made you mad last time or they didn't take you to your favorite food place and how your mom made you mad or how your dad made you mad or how your, your friend said this and now they... And, and, and the reality is that when we look at each other, we are looking at people that are made in the image of God. But what happened? What happened? Well, if we read on in Genesis chapter 3, I'm going to have it up on the screen. I'm going to read this. It's kind of a large portion of, of scripture. But in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says... And we read this last week, but we're going to read it again. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? That's what the enemy does, right? He, he begins to put doubt in your heart. He begins to put doubt. Did God really say that you shouldn't do that? 
And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to thy eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? So in Genesis chapter 1, we see that God creates mankind. He creates man and woman and he puts his image into them. In the image of God, he created them. But then we fast forward not only, not like 5, 10, 20 chapters. No, it almost seems immediately. In two chapters later, we fast forward and, and, and something happens in the creation. Something happens that, 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 that now when man is called by God, they say, I, I was hiding because I was afraid because I was naked. And God says, who, who told you that you were naked? God knows that something has gone wrong. And this is the story that we read that many theologians, they refer to it as the, as the fall of man. This is the grand entrance of sin into the world. Because of the disobedience that Adam and Eve had towards God in not eating of the fruit that they were not supposed to eat. Sin entered into the world. They disobey God. They eat what they weren't supposed to eat. And God finds them and says, who told you that you were naked? Something was wrong. Something was wrong. That, that thing where I told you last week, you remember real quickly. I'm going to go back to last week. That they covered themselves because they felt shame. They were afraid. They were naked. And, and many times we do the same thing. We cover our shame through walls that we build up. We cover our sin through walls that we build up so nobody can see who we truly are. And God knew something was wrong because they were looking at something they shouldn't be seeing. They were wrecking. Oh, their eyes had been opened to something that God had not, had not intended for, for them to have that that. Uh, that that sin in their lives. And when God created them, he created them with their image. That was their identity. But now their identities were broken. And now when God approached them, they were hiding. I wonder how many of us sometimes when God approaches us, we hide from God. 
And we don't even understand why we hide from God. We don't even know why, why it bothers us when people invite us to church. We don't even know why it bothers when our parents wake us up in the morning to go to church. We don't even understand why. It's so hard for us to come here because, I mean, I know I need God. And I know that, that there is a God. And I understand that, that he wants to bless me. And I, I know that he has a plan for my life. But yet, for some reason, there's so much conflict within me to get to the house of God. Have you ever considered that maybe it's because your identity is broken? Because God created you and me in his image. That is our identity. We are image bearers of God. But because sin entered the world, our identity has become broken. It's become fractured. So this is, this is the first thing that I would like you to understand today. Because of our sin in our lives, our identities are broken. God created everything that exists. And on the last day, on the sixth day, he steps back. He looks at all of creation and he says, it is good. I created the earth. It's good. I created the stars. It's good. I created the planets. It's good. I created the animals in the sea, in the sky, on the ground. It's good. I created mankind. That is good as well. It's all good. But sin shows up. And when we were in a perfect relationship with God, now sin shows up, it enters our lives, and now that perfect relationship that we enjoyed with God has been broken. It's been severed. We no longer have that divine connection with God. So when God does show up, we're hiding. I don't want God to see me. I, I, I don't want God to know what I've done. I don't want God to see my shame. Sin breaks our connection with God, which also breaks our connection to understand who we are. Now, question. How many of you here have ever broken an arm? There's one. There's two. Okay. Thank you. How many of you have ever broken a leg? Okay, I, I broke a leg. Okay, brother, over there. How, how, how many of you have broken something else? I don't know. Okay, there's so some of you have. Okay, now here's another one. How many have ever broken, have had a broken heart? Oh, my goodness. Bunch of romantics here. <laughs> so, back in 2016... In the uh, Rio Olympics, there was this French gymnast that was a, uh, a pole vaulter, or I don't know if it was a pole vaulter or the, he did the vault thing. And um, well, he was going through his thing, and something went horribly wrong, and he broke his leg. Now, I don't know if you guys have heard this story, and I don't know if you guys have seen this story, but I'm going to show you the picture. Now, if you're, if hold on, don't put it on yet. If you're queasy, if you get queasy with this kind, I'm gonna, I'm gonna advise you to close your eyes. But if you want to take a peek, you can take a peek. Go ahead. Yes. Now, now, 
something's wrong here, right? We can all tell. Something is absolutely, and probably Sister Cynthia could tell us what kind of break it is just by looking at it. I, I mean, you know, but we don't need a nurse actually to say, oh, something's wrong here. We can definitely see that something is going on in this poor man's life. Now, the reason I showed you, just leave it up for just a second here. Well, I, I hope you pay attention, okay? Now, the reason I showed you this is because I want to make sure that you have a clear picture. Listen, a clear picture of what sin does to our identities. Because we can't see our identity. It's not a physical thing. It's not something you can touch. It's not something that you can, you can hold. It's not something that you can uh, put to the side. Our identity is not something that's tangible. It's an intangible thing. But yet when our identities are broken, if we were able to look at our identities, this is most likely what we could see. Something like this. God created us in his image, but when sin enters our life, it breaks that identity of who we are. And the question, who am I, becomes very difficult to answer because we are broken. Now, you can go ahead and clear that out. I don't want to gross you guys out the rest of the sermon. What happens when we're broken? Now, those of you that experienced a fracture in your life or a, break, a broken bone, those of you uh, maybe that never experienced a fracture, never broke a bone, you can look at that and, and you can probably understand what I'm about to say, okay? What happens when something is broken? So for this gymnast, his leg is no longer whole, number one. It's not whole. It's in two pieces. It, it, it's not integral. It's not together. It, 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 it's in two different parts. The second thing that happens when something is broken, at least for this gymnast, it no longer functions. His leg is no longer going to function while it's in that state the way it was intended to function. Can someone say amen to that? He's not going to get up and go for the second round of the vault. Because it's broken. The third thing that we could probably agree on. And um, that picture I showed was one of many pictures. And there were some with, uh, some different expressions on his face. But we can all agree on that when something is broken, there is pain. There is pain. When you look at his leg and in some of the other pictures, you look at the expression on his face, there is a tremendous amount of pain. Now, when it comes to our identity, church... When our identity is broken, I can tell you the same thing happens in our life. Number one, we're no longer whole. We, because our identity is broken. We have been shattered. We've been splintered. And, and now when the, someone asks us, who am I? All we can tell them is my name or is, my name is Daniel Hustle. I, I really can't necessarily tell you exactly who I am. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm, I can't even choose a, a career path. I, I don't know what my calling is. And, and it seems like at a very early age, right, everyone's asking you, so what are you going to do when you grow up? And we're like, I don't know. I don't know. When it comes to our identity, when our identity is broken, we're no longer whole. When our identity is broken, number two, it, we, it no longer functions. 
Because our identity is bro- bro- broken. It no longer functions the way God intended it for it to function. Now we can't make strong decisions. Now we can't stand firm in who we are because we don't know who we are. Our values change. And as, as society changes, will change. As culture dictates who we are, then we, that's who we become. Because our identity is broken. It no longer functions. And then the third thing. Because our identity is broken, there is pain in our lives. We can't answer that question. When we can't answer the question, who am I, we're easily pressured into things because we desire the acceptance of others. And we often find ourselves frustrated with our life. And we often find ourselves because we accepted things that others wanted from us and because we're allowing others to dictate our lives. We often find ourselves in situations that bring a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of betrayal, a lot of brokenness in our lives. And that's because of sin has entered into our lives and our identities are broken. So the second thing I want you to understand is that, that we don't know who we are because of a simple fact. We don't know who we are because we don't know who we belong to. We don't know who we are because we don't know who we belong to. Because our relationship with God is broken, we've come to a difficult time truly understanding who God is supposed to be in our lives and the relationship we're supposed to have with him. And because we don't understand that, we're too busy building our own identities. We, we, I don't know who I am. I'm not sure who I'm supposed to be. I know something is missing in my heart. I know there's an emptiness I feel in my life. So I try to fill it with so many different things to try not to have that emptiness, to try not to have that loneliness, to try not to have that that sense of something. There's something more for my life. So I got to build my identity because at every turn, church, we're told by, by everyone who we're supposed to be. We're told by other people, we're told by society, we're told by culture, we're told by social media, advertisers, we're told by, by, by our parents, we're told by our teachers and our professors. We have all these voices coming into our lives telling us who we're supposed to be. And if life was already not easy, I mean, this makes it even more complicated. Who am I? Who am I? And we begin at an early age to build our identities through our experiences. And then we continue into our teenage years and then into our adulthood. And and we begin to build our identity around different things. And I I wanted to show you this, okay. So we, we, we take our... Our childhood, and that forms part of our identity, right? And, and, and we, we begin to, to, to form friendships. We begin to form things in our lives, and those things become our identity. And then all of a sudden, you know what? We find out we're good at sports. And, and then now, because I'm the running back at school or because I'm a wide receiver, now this begins to form our identity. And, hey, you know what? Things aren't going too bad. This is who I am. I'm kind of figuring this out. And then the recruiters come and they, they tell us, hey, you would be good at this school. You would do a good job. So we continue building our identities. We're getting good How many got good grades in school? 
those of you, you would build your identities around your good grades, your A's, your A pluses, us C's, us C people, we didn't like you very much, but, but now we love you in Christ. Amen. And we build our identity on these things. Then we get accepted into college. Man, I'm going to, to the University of Texas. I'm going to the University of North Texas. I'm going to Harvard. I'm going to wherever it may be. And we, we build. We're building our identity. Then the boyfriend comes along. Or the girlfriend, right? Yeah, we'll need several blocks for that. We, we begin to build our identity. And then, I need another layer, right? I'm about to add it. But because our identity is broken, we're, we're building our identities. And yeah, we have the boyfriend and the girlfriend. And then, uh-oh, we had sex before marriage. That starts to form part of who we are. Then we get married and now we're happily married and we, 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 we form our identity around our spouses. We form who we are around uh, those people that are in our lives and especially if he's a good looking guy, she's a good looking girl or, um, you know, at least for us they're good looking, right? And they love us and they care for us and, and all that stuff and we're building and building our identities. And then finally we land the dream job. We finally get hired at that company. We finally, we're, man, we are, we're doing well. Praise God. And we get that, 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 that car that we always wanted. And, and we get all of a sudden, all of a sudden we get that promotion. We were, we were praying for it. We were hoping for it. And now we have the promotion that we've been seeking. We just keep building. We're building and building. Then we get that house. It's not a big house, but it's an all right house. Then we start our own company. And we are just building our identities. And then before you know it, I had an extra block. Before you know it. We stand back and say, you know what? Life isn't bad. It's good. We, we have our identities. We walk around. We're pretty stable. We're sure. And this is, this is a picture of what we do in our lives. We build our identities upon things because... We don't know who we truly are. We don't know who we belong to. But, but there comes a problem with this. That when we build our identity on things, listen church, when we build our identity on things that can change, or we build our identities on things that can be taken away from us, Freddie, can you come here? You guys have played Jenga before, right? Come on, hop up. I'm going to leave this up to you. So, 
Maybe one of these blocks represents social media. We build our identity on social media, how many likes, how many followers. And guess what then? We posted something and not as many people liked it as we thought was going to like it. So let's take out a block. Yeah, let's start up higher. <laughs> we don't want it to crumble down all at the same time. Then... Guess what happens? We lose our job. That dream job, that's probably worth two or three blocks, isn't it? Our job, because it's pretty important. How many would say our jobs are important? Uh-oh. The marriage is in trouble. There's... There's some difficulty, and I didn't see this coming, and now the D word is getting thrown around, the divorce word, and, and now I'm not sure if things are going to work out, and, and that's worth at least another two blocks too. Now the perfect life that we had is looking a little shaky, huh? And now, those of you that said you had good grades, you didn't pass the test. I was trying to take my certification test. I did not pass it twice. Take like 10 blocks. No, I'm just kidding. Take, <laughs> take another block out. You were up for a promotion and, and you didn't get that promotion. You get home and you're upset about it. You've built your identity around your job and your career. And that's been taken away from you. You really thought you deserved it. Now you're having financial problems. There's not enough in the bank to make the bills. Some of us, we built our identity on the way we look. We were strong in high school. We, we worked out, and you know what? The pressures of life, now we can't work out as much, and you're losing your, your hair, and you're gaining a little bit of, of weight, and that identity that you used to have about, you know, how good-looking you were. Your, your wife used to tell you, man, honey, you're, you're, you're the... Or, your, or you used to tell your wife and now you feel like your husband's not appreciating you and you start to lose some of that. So we, we lose another part of our identity. This one looks like it's going to be a hard one. And then guess what? You get sick. We were always healthy. And we built our identity on all these things that, that we had. But now these things can be removed for us. And, and now our health is in, in shambles. And we're having a hard time. And even that's bringing us into even more financial issues.
And now you're upset with your best friend. That friend that you always thought was going to have your back doesn't want to talk to you no more. Or they, they, they um, stabbed you in the back. That was the most important friendship you had in your life. And now they're repossessing your car. We need to fall. At one point, we needed to fall at some point. Wow, look at that. So now, and as we keep going through life and these things keep being removed from our lives because things can change. Wow, he's a good Jenga player, huh? Thank you, Brother Freddie. <laughs> when we build our lives on things that can be removed from us, what happens when our life crumbles? Because everything that we built our identity on is gone. Everything falls over. Everything gets destroyed. Everything, it's, it's, it, it, it's gone. When things begin to change in our lives, the identity we built becomes shaky and it eventually crumbles to the ground. For some of you, you've experienced this in your life. For some of you, you might have felt like when you saw it kind of wobbly, you might have felt that's where you are right now. All wobbly and you're not sure, man, if one more thing happens, I don't know what I'm going to do. And things are just going to be terrible. And for some of us, maybe we've never really experienced something like this. But I'm just trying to warn you, be careful in, in what you're building your identity on. And the reason this happens is because we build our identity on things that can be removed. Your job can be taken away. Your family, you don't know how much longer you have on, your, on this earth. You don't know how much longer your sons and your daughters have. If God decides this is it, this is it. And some of us, we, we build our lives on our children and we build our lives around that. And, and it's a problem when you and I build our identities on things that can be removed. So what can we do? So God, so God made us in his image, but yet we're broken and we build our identities on things that can be taken away. So what are we supposed to do? Well... I believe that the Bible has an answer for this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. This is what the Word of God says. We read this last week. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Okay? So back in December of 26, December 26 of 1977, Daniel Hassel was born. I was born. <laughs> I was born. And I lived my life, but something happened 14 years later. 
Something happened in my life 14 years later. We were in a very strange season in my family's life. There were some medical issues in my mom's health. And and then we were right on that brink of some health issues with my brother. And and there was all kinds of things happening in our family. And and I remember that 14 years later, on on August 20th of, of, of 1994, I remember that... Uh, a few weeks to that, uh, that I was, I, was, I was feeling so strongly the calling of God in my life. That on August 20 of 1992, I accepted Christ as my Savior and I was baptized in the name of Jesus. And you know what happened on that day on August 20th of 1994? You know, when I was born on December 26, 1977, I was issued a birth certificate by Dallas County and by the hospital where I was born. But on August 20th of 1994, something happened up in heaven. There was a new birth certificate that was issued. It wasn't registered by a local municipality. It wasn't registered by a county. It was registered by the registrars of heaven that said, Daniel Hustle Jr. has been born once again. Again, I was now born to be a son of God. I didn't have to build an identity. I was born again with a new identity. And that's the issue that sometimes you and I, we don't understand. That we don't have to build an identity. When you and I accept Christ as our Savior, when you and I are born again, God gives us a born identity. There's no reason for us to build. There's no reason for us to seek. All we need to do. You don't need to achieve an identity. All you need to do is receive the identity that God wants to give you. Instead of building an identity, an identity was birthed for me. We can choose to build our identities because some of us, we're still going through that. I mean, some of us, we're still trying to, we're still, even though we've been born again, we're, we're still trying to, to build upon those things that, that we think are important in our lives. And, and, and we're so confused as to who we are. Because I, I, I think I get the toll that I'm born again, but yet... Society and culture tells me that I need these things in my life, that, that I'm being judged constantly by others. And, and that what you and I need to understand in our life, that ultimately none of this matters. The material things. Our family matters, yes. Because we're supposed to lead our families. But ultimately even the psalmist says, in Psalm chapter 17 he says, Even if my father and my mother leave me, as long as I have God on my side, that's all I need. That's all I need. God's original intent for our lives is that our identity would be founded in him. But sin comes and breaks that in our lives. God steps into this world as a man named Jesus Christ. He was man and he was God all at the same time. 
Jesus lived the life that you and I could not live. Jesus lived the spotless, the perfect life without sin. The, the life that you and I, we, we struggled to live. But Jesus did it knowing full well that you and I couldn't do it. And he lived that life for you. He lived that life for me. The Bible says that we just read here, a few verses later, I don't have it up here, but a few verses later in verse 21, the Bible tells us that he made, that God made him who knew no sin to be sin so that we may become the righteousness of God. In other words, Jesus hung on that cross. Your sin and my sin was deposited upon Jesus and Jesus paid the price, the penalty for our sins so that we could be righteous before God. And in John chapter 1 verse 12 to 13, this is what the Bible says. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. When it comes to answering the question, who am I? It becomes a simple matter of faith. Do I believe that Jesus came and did this for me? Jesus wants to call you his son. Jesus wants to call you his daughter. But will we accept it? We're going to go back to Genesis real quickly. I'm, I'm, I'm finishing. We're running out of time. Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. We read this already. But I, I, want, I want you to see this. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And in verse 11, and he said, who told you that you were naked? I, I, I really think that today God is asking us the same question. Who told you that you're full of shame? Who, who told you that you're not worthy? Who told you? That you don't have an opportunity to be my son or to be my daughter. Jesus is seeking us. He is calling for us. And it's time, church, for us to stop hiding from what he's calling us to be. And for us to step out and say, Jesus, here I am. Jesus, here I am. Church, the old has passed, the new has come. Is there a church in this place that could answer the question, who am I? I am the church of the almighty God. I am a member of the body of Christ. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. Is there anyone here that can stand to their feet and just say, Lord, here I am. I know who I am. I know who I belong to. I've been born again. I have been born again. I don't need to build my identity. Culture doesn't tell me who I am. 
My paycheck doesn't tell me who I am. The car I drive has nothing to do with who I am. The only thing that dictates who I am, the only person that has the right to tell me who I am is the one that created me and the one who made me new again. Come on, church. Stand to your feet. Give God some glory today. You've been born again. You've been part into the kingdom of God. It's time that you and I understand that when we are asked, who am I? Who are you? I'm a son of God. I belong to him. I'm made new again.